recording is now in progress indeed what is going on everybody welcome to another episode of the critics corner podcast i am william Locke, and joining me as he does for every mlb podcast is of course luis barranco we're gonna be treating this podcast as a little bit of an appetizer uh considering the winter meeting started today out in San Diego. They're running through Wednesday. So we wanted to give you a little preview and also discuss some of the moves that have already gone down before the winter meetings. Um, and then we'll come back next Friday and or or sometime next weekend with hopefully some exciting updates of moves that have gone down. Although in the past, you know, we really haven't seen a ton of moves in the winter meetings. Um, but Luis, anyway, thanks for coming on uh, for this quick podcast. Uh, let's just get to it. Um, Jacob DeGrom signed a five-year, $185 million contract with a six-year option. Yes. Uh, he's, 30, he's 34. And he's only, yeah. He's only pitched how many in the past two years? Only 64 innings in 2022. And he always gets hurt. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be honest. That's like the, first off, the Rangers are becoming the angels of the West coast mm. of, the East, mm. of the East coast. Like Not really East gonna, Coast, but I get the point. They're going to be paying this guy when he's 39 and 38. Like, I don't know. And yeah. I know this kind of reflects back onto, like, you're a bigger, like, analyst. Not I don't want to say analytics because that's not the right word, but you're a bigger, like, big picture type of guy. And you look at your cost versus your investment. And, I mean, it's going to be great in the short term if he's able to pitch at that level. But – when we're looking at it like three or four years down the line, like, ooh, you know, paying a 38-year-old about $35, $40 million, I don't know the breakdown, but I know the breakdown of the contract. I think like in 26, he's going to be paying $40 million. I mean, it's, I ins- it's insane. And like, it's not like the Rangers are like one piece away. Like That's, the Rangers yeah. are multiple pieces away. Like That's the thing. they need – they, they have Nate Lau at first base, who I think is one of the best massively underrated first basemen in all the league. They got Simeon and Seager, and then Adoles Garcia, and then a bunch of, like, they have Mitch Garber, but, I mean, I don't think Mitch Garber is a starting caliber catcher for a World Series contender. Yeah, so they have obviously splashed – an incredible amount of money over the past two off seasons. I'm not sure that they're done spending this off season. They're paying 35 to Corey Seager, 30 now to DeGrom. Uh, that's only going to go up uh, $26 million a year to Marcus Simeon, who was pretty bad for them last year. Uh, Martin Perez. He got, he, got, he got better. Like before you get on the bad train, I know at first everybody was like ripping on the move, but as this season went on, he did improve. That is valid. He had a very cold start, but did, turn it on a little bit we're talking ice cold ice cold start 19.6 mil for martin perez and 15 mil for john gray like this Degrom deal was very very surprising like almost industry shattering uh when it when it when the news broke i think it was passing that got it first actually on friday afternoon uh yeah five years 185 mil with a six-year option which would bring the total to 222 million dollars like you said he's 34 years old the main thing with him is he, he like when he's pitching, when he's actually on the field, he's by far the best pitcher in baseball, in my opinion. And I think most people would tend to agree. The, the The problem is he's never on the field. Like you said, only 64 innings last year. Um, Over the course of the past three seasons, he's thrown 224 innings 
compare that to, you know, a guy at his caliber, Max Scherzer. He's thrown Max Scherzer over the past three seasons, 391.3 innings. So that's like 170 something more innings from Scherzer versus DeGrom over the past three seasons. Like this guy's never healthy. Um, and it's a huge, huge, huge commitment for the Rangers. Um, considering, like you said, they're nowhere near really contendership right now, in my opinion. Now, their rotation certainly has gotten a lot better. Um, but 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 here's but here's my question before we continue. Let's 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 cut the BS. Um is this a move? Because when I look at it on paper, yeah, it's great, but like is this a move that they're trying to like fill people into that new stadium? Because well, that's what we were that's what we were speculating last or, with all these or matches. or because like their farm is pretty good, like their farm, they're not like their top guys aren't like far off. So I don't understand like why you're gonna pay this guy so much money when you have a very deep farm system where you can just slow play it and do the right guys. I know it could go really well, as we've seen with some teams, or you can just end up like the Marlins, where the Marlins just ended up slow playing the crap out of it and now they're just paying guys to pay people. It so feels I, it feels you know, sorry rushed. It feels a little bit similar to what the Timberwolves did in trading for Rudy Gobert in the sense that Anthony Edwards, super young star, they were great last year, you know, really gave a tough series to the Grizzlies in the first round. And then they make this very obvious trade where they're trying to, they're really going for it in, in trading like five first round picks for Gobert. Like why are the Rangers rushing this process when, like you said, they have Kumar Rock who they just drafted last, uh, last summer in the farm system. They have Jack Leiter as well, who's one of the top arms in all of baseball uh, in, in terms of, you know, uh, prospects. Like those are two elite level arms coming in the farm. And all of a sudden they go out and sign to ground. Who don't get me wrong. Like we said, when he's on the field, he's amazing. Um, you know, last yeah, year, we had, by the, by the way, 11 starts last year, 102 strikeouts, eight walks. That's, that's absurd, but he's never on the field. And I think that's, that's been the issue his entire career. Now, the Rangers had the 21st worst starting rotation last year based on ERA at a 4.63. Um, so now we're potentially looking at, when healthy, a line a, a rotation of DeGrom, John Gray, Martin Perez, Jake Odorizzi, Dane Dunning, Glenn Otto, Kumar Rocker, Jack Kleider in the farm system. Like, that's still not – that's not good. Like, that's not good rotation. And then you have the other piece of no state income tax in Texas. That's a huge, huge plus for – DeGrom and also the Rangers trying to recruit free agents. I think we're going to see more and more free agents go to states with no state income tax. Uh, New York has one of the highest state income taxes. That's part of the reason that he left. Uh, the Mets apparently reportedly never even gave DeGrom a final offer. Their offer that they gave him was close to 40 mil a year over three years, uh, but DeGrom never even gave them a chance at, at a final offer. So I think he was ready to get out of New York City. Uh, there was a rumor even that he was like looking in to go to Florida or or Texas, ended up in with the Rangers. They splashed the cash, but I don't know. It gives me like Robinson Cano to the Mariners vibes. Like, is he just going to go to Texas and no one's really going to care about him? He's not on the national stage anymore. If he's healthy, it'll, it'll be fun to watch his stats, but no one's actually really going to watch the games. And you know, if he's injured, then people aren't going to care as much as they did when he was in New York City in, you know, the biggest media market in, in, in the country. The spotlight is now off to Grom. And I just think he might slip a little bit into irrelevancy down in Texas because this team's still not going to be good 
next year. I mean, they're not going to contend next year. The, the Astros are still going to run away with that division. Yeah, and they still got to compete with the Mariners and the Angels somewhat. So this this whole division is just a like crapshoot. Not like a crapshoot, but like it's like oh, you, you, it's not one of those divisions. Like for example, the NL Central, you can spend money, you can probably win it. Right, in my opinion. Yeah. If, if 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 you spend, you win it. So I mean, this is just I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. I get it, but I don't get it. But like, do you, you know? Do you think they have more moves in the tank? Well, that leads us into the Carlos Rodon crap. Supposedly, they're still in on him. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that rumors later. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I, I. They need hitting. That's like, the main flaw. It's like he's literally going to the New York Mets South. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're bad because like, like when he pitched because Degrom didn't pitch with like the Cohen Mets. Now what I think is, I think it was smart that the Mets didn't pay him. Oh, it's very get, from a Mets perspective. I think if I was a Mets fan, I would be happy not having to shell out that contract. Don't they get a pick too? A I, compensatory I, pick. Ah. Uh, because I know the Rangers do have to sacrifice because of the qualifying offer that I think he did get Q, QO'd. Um, so and didn't he opt out of uh, out of a couple of years? I don't know. I, biggest thing is Rangers aren't playing around, but they need still need hitting. So. I mean, they're like they're still miles off Houston. I would even say based they're on not a, they're still not a wild card team in my opinion. And, and based on the moves that Seattle's made that we can get into now, I think I would take Seattle over them still. I think Seattle is a, a deeper team than, than Texas. I don't think that's a hot take. That's not even a hot take, but the thing about Texas is like, they're not even a wildcard team with this move. Like I still would pick Seattle to, to get the top spot and then whatever AL East teams don't win. So essentially the Rays, Orioles and the Yankees yep. and the Jays. Are still better contenders at the wild card spot, and I think the White Sox are going to be better next year too. I mean, it doesn't get much worse for them last season, but and then, yeah, and then the, and the Guardians and the Twins too. You can't sleep on the Twins. I mean, they I haven't mean, done much, but I mean, they're still we we still got to see what happens with that whole division. I mean, we're we're going to find out a lot this week, and so I mean, there's been things like Teoscar going to Seattle, which we can talk about right now. Uh, Blue Jays traded Teoscar Hernandez to Seattle for Eric Swanson, which I think is a great trade for both sides. Blue Jays' pen is atrocious. Um, Eric Swanson was one of the really better pen guys for Seattle. Seattle, I think, had all the pen arms last year. They did. They had a loaded bullpen. And and I mean, guys you've never heard of. And I mean, the biggest thing about pen guys is that they're so hit or miss that one year they can be like incredible. Yep. And the next year they can just fall off the cliff. So, I mean, Cashing in on a guy like Teoscar, who's been a multi-year all-star and a good middle of the lineup power bat, I think should be good. Should finish out that outfield, get more field, uh, more feared hitters, give some, give protection to Julio in the lineup. So, you know, I think that's great. I mean, Seattle's making moves. They also traded Jesse Winker and Abraham Toro for Colton Wong, which is also a good trade. They need uh, middle infield help. They ran out Adam Fraser, I think, down the middle. Yeah, they were running Adam Frazier at second. Um, and he's a and he's and he's also a uh, a free agent, right? Yeah, uh, I, I believe so. And he he was not last season what he was in Pittsburgh in twenty one. Uh, so. 
So, so I mean, Colton Wong is good, good candidate, you know, just to get Gold Glover should be good. Winker was atrocious after his year in Cincinnati. Uh, probably, you know, that Great American Ballpark helped them out, just like Castellanos. I mean, Mariners are getting better. Blue Jays get better because, you know, their pen was atrocious. As I yeah, said, Swanson Swanson had a 1.6 ERA last year with with 70 strikeouts. Yeah, uh, left the, the arm in the in, so like I, I I haven't gotten a comment on that yet, but I, I would say it was a win win, like you said, for both sides. Uh, Blue Jays needed pen arm; they felt that in the playoffs. We called that out before the playoffs even happened. And then Tay Oscar, elite level season in twenty one, he was an all star, tapered off a bit last year. 267 average 316 OBP with 25 homers and 77 RBIs in 131 games. Pretty solid, not an all-star level caliber that he was in 21, but um, they're really rounding out that lineup depth. And that's something that we commented on in the playoffs uh, before the playoffs that it's a thin lineup and the more guys that they have around Julio to protect them, the better. I really like what Seattle's done so far and getting rid of Abraham Toro was good too. He was awful last season for them. Um, Abraham Toro was that it was the infamous uh in that infamous Houston Astros trade. He was a top prospect from Houston and he got traded for uh what's his name? What's the reliever's name? I can't Kendall remember. Graveman? Yeah, I Kendall, Kendall Graveman trade. Yep. Yeah, the Kendall Graveman trade that everybody was like Mariners won a game, they're still in playoff contention, and boom, right after the game. Oh yeah, we're shipping Kendall Graveman out to your number one rival. You just beat. I remember that. That was 21. Yeah, that was last year. Yeah. The other weird thing was uh, Milwaukee's shedding uh, money, which I find it very interesting. And I kind of think we've talked about this a lot, about we're not fans of that core, that I just don't understand why they're going to give it another run when it's time to, like, you could sell real high on Burns and Woodruff and make your, you know, farm stacked. Right. Absolutely stacked. You can just make it absolutely stacked because right now, let's think about it. If DeGrom's getting 40 and Carlos Rodon, which we'll talk about later, is getting absolutely called from like half the league, like could you imagine how many prospects you could probably pick up off a of Burns trade? Probably at least three top 100 guys, at least maybe four top 10 system guys for any team, depending on what type of system. So, I mean. Right. And, and we have to mention right. for the listeners that it did come out that the Brewers are likely to keep their top players. It was reported. So Burns, Woodruff, Adamas, all unlikely to be traded at this point in the offseason. I'm sure things can change. But as of now, after trading Wong, it has been reported that they're not going to trade those guys, which I agree. doesn't make much sense because, okay, you just got rid of one of your more solid bats, considering they basically have no bats. And you already traded Josh Hader at the deadline. Like this team's not going to contend next season. So what's the point in keeping these guys around? I mean... The central is very weak. That's the biggest thing. The central is weak. And, like, the Cardinals haven't done anything. Neither have Chicago. Chicago's still – Chicago Chicago's miles away. Pirates are do, Pirates are picking up a uh, trade deadline fodder. And um, Reds, you know – Pirates are. Pirates are. That was a reference to their, <laughs> them signing Carlos Santana to a yeah. $6.7 million deal. Yeah, he will – I will bet – the house that Carlos Santana is traded on the deadline. It's like whoever signs Nelson Cruz every year, he's, he's getting traded at the deadline. For, for a player to be named later, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't – I mean, the Central's so weak that I think, you know, 
You so can, you think they can like maybe the Brewers think okay we have these top level arms maybe we can sneak in the wild card and then get hot like Philly did and somehow all of a sudden we're in the World Series because we have probably. these elite arms. Probably, but at the that's same probably time, their thought process. But but it's just, something was weird. They did lose a top executive that was linked to the Mets. He did step down. So I, oh, I, I did see that. That was a couple weeks ago. I saw that. Something's going on over there. We got to keep an eye on Milwaukee. But I, you know, this isn't a Milwaukee uh, podcast. Neither this is a Milwaukee topic. Uh, we're talking Mariners. Mariners did great. Blue Jays did great. Milwaukee. We don't know what you're doing. We'll figure out after this week. <laughs> And one other, I think the other major deal that we missed was the Astros signing Jose Abreu to a three-year deal worth 58.5 mil, 19.5 annual value. Uh, Abreu turns 36 in January, won the AL MVP in 2020, uh, second in baseball with asterisk, 100. Asterisk. Second in baseball with 863 RBI since 2014. What do you mean? The co- you're putting asterisks on COVID season. Yeah, he was. I, I don't count any awards for 2020. So yeah, he won the MVP of of, of a 60 game season. Congratulations! He, he won the COVID MVP, baby. Yeah, um, but he's second in baseball with 863 RBI since 2014, which was his rookie season. So, you know, last year he hit 304 uh, average, 378 OBP, um, and only 15 home runs. So the power was down, but. I would say, considering what the Astros got out of Yuli Gurriel at first base last year, uh, he had a down season. This is a pretty big upgrade uh, for them at first. And it's interesting because we we talked about that Astros front office um, in the last podcast, like some of the controversy going on there. That's a lot of money for a 36-year-old. Um, I know it's a your deal, but he he'll, play, though. he'll probably get some DH. I know you're always big on all those White Sox guys. Um, he'll probably DH a lot, but the rich get richer, I guess you could say in this situation. I mean, he, he was a lot, this is a big loss for the White Sox. He's a locker room. Um, he was a locker room savant locker room veteran there. And he was beloved. He was kind of like the revolution of the White Sox and man, the Astros get him. And he has all that protection. Yeah. Those numbers are going to definitely like. RBI numbers are going to go through the roof. Like in those Crawford boxes, home runs, Jesus, he's going to. People don't like, people don't talk about the Crawford boxes the way they do like Yankee Stadium and right field. But yeah. Minute Maid is a freaking little league park to left field. It's not Minute Maid, by the way. Did they change it? Yeah, I think they did. No, it's still Minute Maid, bro. Did you see what uh, the White Sox owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, said about? Jose Abreu. What? He said Jose Abreu deserves deservedly belongs among the roster of White Sox franchise all-time greats. Well, the thing is, like he did like he did revolutionize that whole like after the Canerco Burley era, he was the guy that kind of like was there through all those tough times and kind of went up with that team. I mean, what can I say? Houston signs a great deal, and they probably a I don't want to say they overpaid because I think he can play. I'm looking at the dudes that get paid 19 mil at first base, which we went over in a past podcast. is crazy. Uh, Rizzo smiled to the bank because essentially he got the same contract or a little more. Yeah. So, like, I mean, that's average market price. And in free agency, you're always going to have to, you know, pay a couple extra dimes to get who you want. But I, I have no no complaints on the 15, on the 19 a year, 19 and a half. So, 
Hats off to Houston. He's going to crush those numbers with all the protection with Bregman, Altuve, Pena, uh, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> they also have a uh, what's his name, Michael Brantley as well. Oh yeah, Michael Brantley was injured last season. They didn't even have you, him in the playoffs. Can you can imagine that whole lineup? Brantley and Abreu just swapping like DH days. Like they're literally a, oh my god. We're I mean we could be talking about a dynasty here at some point. The Astros on DraftKings right now are favorites to win the World Series at plus 550. Actually tied with the Dodgers at plus 550. But uh, Yeah, and the Dodgers, that's a whole other podcast. We can talk about how they just are screwed right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they – uh, I can go over some quick other – Oh, and you, know, and you know the other thing too I read? What? Guess who they want. The Astros are in on. Oh, I saw they're in on Ben Attendee. Yeah, they're in on Penintendi. Yep. Could you imagine if they get Penintendi in that outfield? Just my, just Tucker, well. Tucker, Tucker, Brantley, and Benatendi. That's three lefties. But and they stop, have, that's amazing. They have JJ Matakavich, who's a decent utility guy, and Almeida's Diaz. Yeah. Oh my God, we're, the whole league screwed. All right, give me your, give me your. I'll give some hard hit or quick hitters here. Um, and I don't have to talk about the Kyle Lewis to Arizona. That's small. But Mets got your boy, uh, Elisa Hernandez, from from Miami. I mean, the Mets are really thin on pitching right now. They need any pitching they can get. That's something that's not getting talked about. They don't have Bassett. They lost the Grom. And I think T1 Walker is also a free agent. So essentially they're filling out a whole, whole new starting, you know, starting five on pitching. I think I have a feeling the Mets roster is going to look a lot different next season. I mean, they got to get on it. Yeah, but it's it's still relatively early. We haven't had a ton of major deals. I think, like we said, they they were smart not to give Degrom that that much money because they can they have more uh, versatility, uh, flexibility is the word I was looking for. They have more flexibility now. Uh, I'm just saying, one, the starting pitching, the starting pitching market's thin. It's not like super like. Crazy. A lot of guys, I mean, we see now Carlos Rodon is the coveted name and he's good. All-star caliber, but he's not, you know, a Cy Young contender. Maybe. What's from McCall? The numbers that I'm hearing with him are craziness. Yes. Like I'm hearing he's like, like the market is so high. Like Scott Boris is going to make his money. It's ridiculous. Scott Boris makes his money every offseason, bro. Uh, next deal, we got Yankees bring back IKF, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, one-year, $6 million contract. They're going to trade him. I don't think he's going to be in pinstripes before the season. I think that was uh, a signing to trade. Good good That's utility a- guy. He's better at third base is my take. I, I like this deal here, the Twins-Angels trade. Angels trade uh, – for Gio or Urshela from Minnesota for a minor league arm. We were talking about this in the last podcast. The Angels need to fill out their lineup depth, and Gio Urshela is a great signing for that. He's an everyday player, come in, play a good third base, and hit you maybe 20 home runs, hit you, hit 250, 260. Like, that's, that's the type of player that the Angels need, so I'm glad they made that trade. I'm interested to see what the Angels keep doing because that's a very good move. I don't know why the Twins traded him. Like, hey, I don't understand that either. He he was hitting like 300 mid year, so it's very very odd. I don't know. 
Somebody needs to check if the Twins have a pulse right now because all, all the Twins have to do is just send that eight-year, $300 million contract to Correa, and he's – boom, he's signed. Yeah, um, they're definitely in on Correa. I, I just don't know – if I'm Correa, why would I want to go back to Minnesota besides the money, obviously, I think. Money, because think about it, and this is perfect. We can go talk about the shortstop market. Um, but no, I was going through some deals. I was going through some deals. Let me get through these deals because there's a couple good ones. Other Angels one, uh, they acquired Hunter Renfro from the Brewers for right-handers Jason Junk and Elvis Peguero, uh, and also a minor league arm. That's kind of goes hand in hand with the Gio Urshela role, right? Uh, uh, trade, right? Hunter Renfro come in, play you a solid right field, hit you hit, hit decent enough, but he's a quality major league baseball player unlike some of these guys that were rounding out the back half of their lineup last season. Um, so overall, another good move for for L.A., in my opinion. Do you have a take on that one? Same take. They're filling up the lineup. What do you expect? We don't have to see Tyler Raid getting a run out and, like, Luis from Vigio. Yeah. I just think that Angels used to be the, – the Angels are not become, are becoming a, an actual team, and they're not having to run, like, everybody's, like, utility men. Like, if you're a utility guy in the Major League Baseball, like, on the, you, could, you could start on the Angels. Tyler Wayne. No disrespect to utility men. We need them around the league. It's just that, you know, if you're a freaking utility guy, career utility man, you could probably be an everyday guy with the Angels. Yeah. Uh, a couple other moves. Dodgers part ways with Cody Bellinger. They non tendered him. He's uh, get White, White, White Sox signed Mike Clevenger to a one year deal. And then Matthew Boyd <laughs> and the Tigers uh, also agreed to a, really, uh, a deal. Chris Martin, Super. two years, 17.5 mil to the Red Sox. Sorry. Go Trade father. Yeah. For who? Go, 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 again. Go, 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 go again. Go again. Start from the top. Just say the move. Chris Martin, two years, $17.5 million deal with the Red Sox. Trade fodder. Uh, Matthew Boyd back to Detroit. He's one year, $10 million. It's overpay. Yeah, he's not good. Uh, Clevenger to Chicago White Sox. Come on, come on. He literally didn't pitch for San Francisco. He traded at the deadline. I think he never pitched. Who are you talking he's about? A- Matthew Boyd? Yeah, yeah I yeah. think so. So it's very like redundant. Um, what's the next one? Mike Clevenger, another stupid one. That was a weird one. Like, if you compared his numbers to like, I can't remember who I read, I and mean, I'm gonna give credit out, but it's like, oh, it was I think Rodon. They were paying him the same money as Rodon. Yes. Yeah. Was, Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Absolutely no sense. It's 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 ridiculous. It's stupid. Oh, here I got it. And the uh, credit to, uh, to MLB executive burner, everybody should follow him. Um, Carlos Rodon off a 4.9 war entering a uh, year, to, entering his 29, he was 29. He was given, it wasn't the White Sox didn't want to give him 18 million, 18.4 million for one year. Now, Mike Clevenger coming off a 0.4 war entering <laughs> 32 is worth $12 million for one year. How much are they paying him? Sorry. 12. And he had a 0.4 war last season? Yeah. And they didn't want to pay Rodon six more mil, and they just let him walk to go to San Francisco. And, and Rodon had a 4.9 war. Yeah. On his last season, off. And he was I didn't realize younger. it was that egregious. And it was three years younger. And Clevenger's uh, injury history is not clean. No, he was hurt most of last season. He, was, he got traded from the Guardians to the um, – to the Padres, and then he blew his arm out, and then he came back, and he was hurt again. Like, dude's a walking IL list. Not not trying to disrespect him or anything. He's just like, but he can't stay healthy. Yeah. 
you want to get into to some rumors before we get out real quick? Uh, just talk about some. Yeah, the, yeah, but I don't want. I don't want to talk about judge. Like judges, like we we get it. Just sign the deal. You, I mean, you know it was reported deal. that he's likely to get a nine-year deal worth like upwards of three hundred mil. The Yankees reportedly offered him a three hundred million dollar eight-year deal, which would give him the highest average annual salary for a position player in baseball history. Yeah, I, I'm. It feels like this guy just needs to sign the damn thing already. Like sign the thing, like a bomb Yang, like just sign the thing. Why are you, you don't want to go to San Francisco. Apparently they're in on him. Apparently the Dodgers are in on him, but I don't know. It just feels like he, he should be a Dodgers have way too many issues to be trying to go twerk for Aaron Judge right now. <laughs> they have way too many issues to be thinking about signing another outfielder when they have Half their lineup is a free agent, and the half their whole half their lineup is aging and is old, over thirty. So, like working for a dude that you know went crazy in New York that hasn't even given an indication that he wants to leave New York, only wants to go home to San Francisco. I think it's ridiculous. Like the long my my opinion is the longer this drags out, the more I'm scared for a Yankees fan. But right now I'm chilling. I would agree. I think this week will be if big. This, if this drags out after next week, I get worried. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. And 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 the, and the problem is, like, if he doesn't sign this week and the Yankees he doesn't go to New York, the Yankees are fucked because everybody will be gone by the end of the week. By by Sunday, by next Sunday, everybody's going to be signed somewhere new. Yeah. So when all this judge money they have is just going to be sitting there in, in a vault, and you can thank freaking um, what's his name. You can thank freaking Cashman for another blown free agency. Uh, if if I'm if I'm the Yankees, if I was, a, I'm like Judge. Here's a nine years, thirty three hundred million. You take it or you fucking leave it. If you want to be a Yankee, cool. You want to wear the pinstripes, cool. Then be about it. But don't be twerking out, waiting for the Giants to twerk at you so you can get more money. I'm serious. It's annoying. Like yeah. wearing the pinstripes. There's certain uniforms that you should feel honored. And if you talk about wanting to be this legend and wanting to win, the best place you can win is in New York. And if you want the money, you're getting it in New York. Yeah, I agree. If you're talking about, if you're talking about legacy, why are you going to go be a giant? Why? And and if he goes to San Francisco for like 25 to 50 extra million dollars, how is that going to look in the grand scheme of his career? Look oh, you Rob lose it in taxes. You lose it through California tax. That is so, true. So it's like... It's redundant. Like they, they have to offer like an obscene amount more money. It's I'm like, bro, get over it. Well, bro. New York, it's not like New York uh has the best tax rates either. I'm I'm looking up highest state tax rates. Uh, income California, tax California is ridiculous. California so. is number one, 13.3 percent. That was as of 2021. Uh New York's seventh, eight point eight two. So, so yeah, yeah, get over yeah. it. Wow, that's insane. 13 percent. Yeah, you're right. They, he would pay all that back in taxes, anyways. You're going to end up paying it back in taxes, so, like, cool. And, oh, you're going to come out with more endorsements? There's more endorsements in New York for baseball than in San Francisco. Yep. You can you can go stand in front of Silicon Valley, and, and they'll be like, who the hell are you? Baseball and, is the one sport that's so regionalized that you will really become irrelevant if you move to the West Coast and play out there. Like, if you're in the NFL and you play in a West Coast team, you're relevant. If you're in the NBA and you're a West Coast team, you're relevant. But baseball, no one is going to watch you, man. I mean, they barely watch the New York Yankees. So nobody's if you want to be stay up, relevant, like stay in New York. Nobody's going to be up at 10, but we've had enough judge talk. I'm, I'm tired of this dude. Okay. Uh, shortstop market. Cubs and Phillies in on Swanson, obviously. 
Red Sox, Bogarts, far apart. Boston are apparently we, has not made a competitive offer. Are we surprised? Like, are we surprised about this? Like, no. are we surprised about Bogarts? About, no. Are we surprised about Bogarts? No. Are we surprised that the Phillies are trying to get their hands on any decent shortstop that's available? No. The short the Phillies are in on all of these shortstops. The Phillies are going to get one. It's just who? Who's yep. going to take the Phillies' money? And so I think, Phillies, you know, and and what's what's concerning is for the Braves, they haven't figured this shit out. Uh, if I'm a Braves fan, I'm concerned. Swanson Why? is taking close, and you know, yeah. If I'm a Braves fan, I'm not too concerned about like even losing Swanson because you locked already like so much of your, of your young core down to team friendly deals. Yeah, but Swanson's that dude, bro. Swanson, Swanson. So I, I, th- I still think Swanson has so much potential left in that bat. And you see it, and he is he is Atlanta. True. Born and raised. So if you let him walk, bro, you know, imagine if imagine if he ends up going to the Dodgers. And then Trey Turner comes to Atlanta. No, Trey Turner goes to Philadelphia. Well, Trey Turner was linked with uh San Diego Padres. Apparently they had a meeting. That would be kind of weird. Two meetings. Two meetings I heard. That would be weird. That would be very weird. That'd be Manny Machado redo. But clearly, the Padres are going after a shortstop this offseason, which means Tatis will be playing right field next year. Although he has the suspension, of course. But when he comes back. Can, here's my question. you think Tatis plays another game in that uniform? I don't know, man. That His teammates were really ripping him. But they already Sounds signed like him to the mega deal. Who, who's taking on that? Like, who are you trading him for? New York on a cheap deal. Trade him to New York to the Mets. For they already have Lindor. For prospects, do you put him at second? Or you just you play one at second, bro. You, you. I think it depends on how much of a team cancer he is, and I don't think we have any insight on that, unfortunately. We don't know. Um, Astros are interested in Benintendi. We talked about that. About that. The Browns, apparently, the half the league wants him. Talked about that. Orioles don't want him. Apparently, eight to nine teams interested. Yankees are in on him. Mets are in on him. Mets need him. Yankees would like. We need a lefty arm. Yeah, Verlander. Verlander needs to go to the Mets. I think the Mets would be the odds-on favorite for Verlander at this point. Well, supposedly they're saying if Verlander doesn't end up in Houston, he ends up in LA because of his wife, and that's uh, where I think they prefer. So and he did meet with LA last week with the Dodgers. So. Dodgers, right? Because yeah, yeah, I just said Dodgers. I just realized I have to be clear, clear to the listeners. But you never know with these Angels. I mean, I don't, it, Dodgers have so many issues right now. Yeah, I mean they got to do something. They have to do something, but I don't think just slapping thirty-five million because I think he'll get more than the Grom, and and he'll get like a three for forty. He'll definitely get a shorter deal for sure. Obviously, three for one, three for one twenty. How old four, is he? Like Thirty-nine. Yeah, he's old. I give him a year deal. I give him a year deal for like ninety mil. Two years, ninety. Two years, well, I, ninety. Uh, two years, eighty. I think if you give him if it, if you give him the longer deal, he'll take it. Of course, of course, he wants that long term security. Uh, I maybe, think he maybe it, give him a player option or something. Another big rumor, or not rumor, fact: Brian Reynolds uh, requested a trade out of Pittsburgh. Apparently, they there was some uh, stalling in the contract uh, discussions that he was having with the club. Uh, apparently though, the pirates offered him biggest club, the biggest contract in club history by total value. That was per John Heyman Reynolds 
young star, really one of the more underrated players in the big leagues just doesn't get a ton of attention because he plays in Pittsburgh, a team that's been irrelevant for basically our entire lives. Hit 27 bombs last year. Um, but apparently the pirates don't want to trade him. This, this trade request has no bearing on pirates plans for Reynolds. He isn't going anywhere unless someone blows him out of the water with an offer that is also per John Heyman. So we have already seen today though, reports coming in that the Yankees are interested in Reynolds as they should be. I think most teams should be interested in this guy, uh, but I think Cashman would have to throw the farm at Pittsburgh to get him. It's going to take a lot to pry Brian Reynolds off of Pirates, uh, Pittsburgh's hands. Well, Pittsburgh and New York are frequent trade partners if we go back through history. So Cashman yeah. does the dealing in, in Pittsburgh. He picked up Clay Holmes. He picked up Tyone. Yeah. Uh, you know. That Clay, it, that Clay Holmes deal will go back in baseball history as just a fleece job. Well, thanks to Yankee player development, but I mean, they 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 need to get rid of him. He doesn't. He's he's like 28, 27, right? Something like that. I'll look it up. He's older, but I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't fit the timeline. They need to they need to like retool. Just get the farm, sell him to the highest bidder. You think? No, I don't know. I mean. I kind of like them building around him and key Brian Hayes. We we kind of thought that there was that was their young core. But if I, they're not going to pay him, so it's like, what are you going to do? Well, Pittsburgh doesn't pay anybody. That's their problem. Well, Chief, the, well, the they, they're never going to be good. They can stay in the freaking abyss. Yeah. Well, it comes down to ownership, so, right? If ownership yeah. doesn't care, you're kind of screwed. Kind of screwed. I mean, another one, James. Huh? Oh, oh, I got one. Did you hear about Sean Murphy today? No. Oh no. Maybe Sean Murphy from the A's is supposed to be close to getting dealt to either the Guardians, the Cardinals, or the Braves. I find it really interesting that the Braves are looking for a catcher. I think I think he would be perfect in St. Louis. Yeah, but the Braves are looking for a catcher. Think about that. Think about the optics. They, they had two. Have, they have Darno and Wilson Contreras. They must. They have something. They know something we don't. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, we all know. The A's have that really good uh, prospect, catcher prospect, Langoliers or something like that. He, yeah, he he came over through the Matt Olson trade. Yeah, so, so he's so going to be their like, number one guy. So obviously Sean Murphy's trade fodder. Um, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm trying to get him as a Yachty replacement for sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting. Supposedly, I think the Rays are also in on him. I'm not sure. Rays were linked with the Grom. I saw that, but I was like, they're not paying that money. Are you kidding me? Everybody's uh, the Rays are always just thrown in there, I think, just to like boost up the price. Maybe <laughs> they're not. Uh Jameson Tyone apparently has a huge market. Uh Mets, Rangers showing interest. Apparently, he did really well in <laughs> Zoom meetings. That was reported. Uh free agent pitcher that was last in New York uh, with the Yankees. Honestly, had a pretty solid season for us last year, especially in the first half. So I think he'd be a good pickup for for the Mets to round out that rotation. I don't think the Yankees are going to bring him back, but um, good for him. Honestly, happy for him. He he really revitalized his career in New York, and I think he deserves the money. He had a good season. Um, also, I just, I just have a correction. The tweet just came out a couple of hours ago. Sean Murphy is close to a trade. But it will not be the Braves. It's between Cardinals, the Rays, the Guardians, and the Red Sox. Of course, Red Sox. That's that's interesting. Very interesting. So I haven't I heard know. anything about the Red Sox. Trade fodder. 
No, just joking. He's actually got you built upon. And I don't I don't see why they trade for him. Their form is pretty dead, to be honest. Red Sox uh, are in a weird spot right now, especially with that ownership group selling Liverpool. Um, they don't have money. They have no money. So it's kind of like they're going to lose Bogarts, and then Rafi Devers is going to probably dip out. You tough know. time to be a Sox fan. You got to get investigated out there, man. At least you have the Celtics and, and the Bruins, I guess. Well, yeah, well. Have fun getting beat by the Grizzlies in the playoffs in the finals by Ja. That would be amazing. But yeah, um, top three FAs available now. We got Judge, as we talked about. Correa, we heard that the Cubs are in, Twins are in, but supposedly he wants Seeger money. For context, I think Seeger got like over 300 yeah, last he did. year. He did. Uh, Trey, Xander. Uh, issue with Xander is that many teams don't view him as long term as a shortstop. Many teams view him as a second baseman long term. Yep. Uh, Berlander, which is interesting, is the top starter available. If you do trade, uh, sign him, you do not have to surrender a draft pick. And by that, we mean the MLB works is I think it's like by service and by experience and by accolades, uh, you depending on the player. You, if they're a top tier player, you have to surrender your pick to to your first round draft pick, and the team that um that loses the player ends up getting a competitive balance pick, just sort of a way to like not have the rich getting richer. Uh, Dancy Swanson talked about him. Rodon Wilson market's kind of dry right now. Heard the Cardinals are involved, but you know. He wants that money, and plus his defense isn't that great behind the plate. Brandon Nemo supposedly is going to get paid a lot. Um, he's one of the – he's number nine on our list, but I think he's going to be one of the first ones to go. He's going to go to some random-ass team. Like, he's going to go to the first team that shows him some money. Well, supposedly the Rockies were going to give him 100 mil plus. Yeah, I remember you saying that last podcast. That, I guess, never happened. Well, it could be happening, but I think he doesn't want to go to that Rocky Mountain High, man. Yeah. He, I guess he doesn't want to run that outfield. That's a huge outfield. Remember that, you know. Massive. But, Massive. yeah. And but he'll get that. Ben Attendi. Yeah, and Ben Attendi, which if he goes to Houston, I mean, he, he, was okay. he was actually pretty bad for the Yankees last year after the trade, and then he got hurt and he missed the playoffs. But he's still a very good contact bat that you can throw – as a leadoff hitter, you can throw him at the bottom of the lineup as like a guy that can get on base and fill out the back half of your lineup. Like plays really good left field. Yeah. I really hope he doesn't go to Houston. I feel like Houston has been linked with everybody. Hey man, Boris Corp, man, Bo- Boris Corp just linking the Astros and the Yankees with everybody just so people can just pay the prices he wants. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see two guys. On this list, Conforto took the year off. I think he can still hit. And uh, Cody Bellinger, kind of like a reclamation project to see what's going on. Yeah, I think Cody Bellinger, if MLB had a comeback player of the year award, Cody Bellinger would be on the top of that list for next season. I think he's going to have a good year. Um, Maybe getting out of that spotlight in LA will help him. I I hope it does because, man, he was so good. He was He won the MVP over over Yelich that year. Yeah, he won the MVP. And he um, flew off a cliff. He won yeah. it. He he's been on my fantasy teams. I picked him up his rookie year. He was ridiculous. He won 
He was the MVP in 2019, NLCS MVP in 2018. So was once one of the best players in the game and just fell off a cliff. I, I hope he figures it out for, for him. Um, I wish him the best. We'll be interesting where you where you, where, where where you guys uh I think the Yankees I, should take a look. Oh my god, you think the Yankees should take a look at everybody? What about uh Cleveland? I mean they, Cleveland has that young team. Cleveland just paid Miles Straw. He kind of doesn't fit with they their the profile of outfielder they have. Those small, fast guys, because they got Quan left. Yeah, in the middle, yeah. and then they got the guy I like a lot, Oscar Gonzalez and Ray, who's who's a young player who's good, but he has his like idiot moments, his bozo moments. Yeah. Well, so, that'd yeah. be interesting one to follow. Yeah, very very interesting. Um, winter meetings are this week. Uh, yeah, they actually started be, today through Wednesday, so should be interesting what goes on in the league. I mean. We're only two months away from pitchers and catchers reporting in February, so hey, we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye out on what's going on in the league. It'll be here before you know it, and we also have the World Baseball Classic in March, so that's uh, another thing to look forward to as a baseball fan. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Teams should start to come out. Players are committing. Should be a fun one. Oh, and we should be keeping an eye on those Japanese prospects coming down real soon. As well, yeah. There's a couple of Japanese free agents this year that are. Uh, they're decent. They're decent. We'll just call it like that. That's funny. Ever since Dice came out, Tuzaka flamed out. We haven't heard about some Japanese player being insane. Other than like yeah, Shohei. maybe you know Shohei Otani. He's okay. But other than that, we had Kenta Maeda, Hyunjin Ryu. Uh, Masahiro else? Tanaka was solid. Yeah, Suzuki Yankees, for the Cubs last year was was good. Yankees could have used him in the playoffs. Who Tanaka? Yeah, I miss Tanaka. He's one of my favorite players. Yeah, I mean that. I I never. I love like my favorite part about hearing Japanese players when it comes to the tall tales that you hear from the Japanese players. It's like they make it seem like the Japanese players played in some league that there was like no cameras, no TV, yeah, no keeping. They were like, I was watching a telecast and they were like, oh yeah, Masahiro Tanaka back in the. Equivalent of the World Series for the Japanese league ended up pitching on a Monday, 120 pitches, and then the next day he comes out and pitches a seven inning no hitter. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah. who's he pitching to? To ten year olds? <laughs> but it's a solid league. Yeah, but they speak about it on the telecast like tall tales. Like if there's like no, I know, camera, I know. Like, but that's how good these guys are when they come over. The Nippon Professional Baseball League. Yeah. What's his name? Oh, nah. He wasn't playing there. He was playing in Korea. Who? Yasiel Puig. Oh, Lord. We don't have to go in on him. He yeah. was in the news recently. Yeah. Well. All right. We'll get out. We'll get out. It was supposed to be a quick one, so we'll get out. Uh, hopefully, there's some fun stuff happening this week at the winter meetings. Hopefully, for our next podcast, we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about. Aaron Judge going back to the Yankees. Trey Turner going to the Phillies. Correa going back to Minnesota. Who knows what's going to happen? But, Luis, thanks for coming on for this one. I appreciate it. Maybe Joe comes on the pod and gets crazy for for, for Minnesota sports, you know? Yeah, we'll have to get Joe on the pod. Give, give us a little – oh, God. You guys can get into it about the Vikings. Uh, you guys can talk about uh, Carlos Correa. We can talk about the, the Timberwolves being a train wreck. Uh, we can talk about Vikings, Minnesota Vikings. Wild. Huh? Vikings are a train wreck. Yeah. Uh right. 
I mean, they're nine and two, ten and two. First they're the luckiest. They're the luckiest nine and two team in NFL history. They're probably yeah. They probably are. I I I agree on that. They're the luckiest. The con. They need they need they need miracles of the football gods to win every game. They need referees. They need flags. They need a uh, missed ball placements. They need bounces. All right. Well, we'll get out of here. Uh, Luis, thanks for coming on, and thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace out.